Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfeder. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. Rabbi. For some reason, the prince was cutting wood and his finger got injured. And the princess ran over to bandage his finger and she saw a precious stone underneath the wound, perhaps, beneath Kanava mode. And she became very envious of him. Whereas until now, her raging jealousy had been kept at bay because at least he was a disappointment. At least he wasn't made entirely of precious stones, but now that she sees a precious stone and maybe she sees the writing on the wall, she becomes very jealous of him. And she acted as if she were sick. Uvau kama doctorim and some doctors came. And they couldn't do any kind of healing for her. And they called some mechashfim. Mechashef implies sorcery or witchcraft, dark arts. So we have a question here. On what level is there a problem? And if people who are not qualified to deal with that problem or don't know what level the problem is on will come along. They can't address the issue. So it's not surprising that the doctors that come, and by the way, they seem to come on their own free will, they are not called by the king. It just simply says, several doctors came. The doctors can't solve the problem here because this is not a medical issue. And it seems also that the mechashafim, those who are meddling in the dark arts, also would not be able to deal with the issue. But, and there was one mechashef, again, sorcerer or wielder of the dark arts, and she revealed the truth to him. That she had made it as if she was sick. Like other moments in the story, specifically the fact that the king didn't or couldn't have a child and the fact that the queen did not or could not become pregnant. We want to know on what level the problem or the challenge or the opportunity exists. Where do we need to focus our attention? Is this a physical issue? Is this a metaphysical issue? Psychological? Is this a question of destiny? In the absence of knowing that information, the king and the doctors and even the mechashfim, the dark artists, they try, they use the tools that they have at their disposal to try to solve a problem. But here at this moment in the story, we have the princess and she is hiding something. She is not disclosing the information that people would need in order to try to address the issue at hand. And as a result, people clamor to use the tools 
that are available to them. And not surprisingly, those tools are ineffective in addressing the issue. Such a situation becomes even more dire when a person is rooting after the truth and trying to figure out what's going on and they can't seem to reach the bottom level, can't seem to come to terms with what's really going on. And it seems, at least in this story, that what needs to happen is that someone needs to be honest. Someone needs to be real and open about what it is that's really going on with them. And in the absence of that information, we're all just scrambling around, putting band-aids on wounds and issues that are really much deeper in the absence of that truth and that honesty. So the princess eventually discloses at least partially some information when she tells this one dark artist, this one mechashef, that uh, she is not in fact sick, but she told him the truth. She she had made herself look sick or made it look like she was sick. She didn't tell him why, but she told him enough. And though it would be charming if she told him that because she simply had to get the truth off her chest, it turns out that she's doing it because she has some tactical information that she needs from him. She asked him, Would it be possible for him to make witchcraft to do some kind of magic such that a person would become Mitzora. Mitzora is usually translated as leprosy. We know that in the Torah at least Tzarat is not leprosy. It's not a disease that can be addressed medically interestingly enough but it is a disease that comes about because of one's spiritual mistakes or spiritual errors or frustrations and deteriorations in terms of how a person relates to other people, that that's usually how Sarat would come about. And its solution, as it were, the response to it is also not a function of medical science. It is a function of spiritual science that would require a Kohen to investigate and to figure out what is it, what's going on with this person? Why is this happening? What is going wrong in their human relationships such that this outcome is happening and this Kohen, this priest would have to help the person reflect to the point where they could figure out and probably admit to own the truth. Yes, in a sense, I have made myself sick, not because I'm acting sick, but I have caused this. I've brought this upon myself so it's intriguing that she is dabbling now in an effort to have someone else have tzarat we just have truth being buried under layers and layers again whereas ordinarily if someone had tzarat we would go to that person and wonder why do you have tzarat what's going on what's wrong what's what have what's become distorted in your life what's stopping you what's causing you to participate in relationships and in community in this way which is off or which is distorted and that person would do some soul searching and hopefully find oh it's this and I was jealous or I feel left out or I feel isolated or whatever might happen there but if someone were to cast tzarat upon you and your tzarat was a function of their hidden truth this just creates layers and layers of distortion 
it becomes less and less likely that the truth will be found here and that the truth will be disclosed. So to drive that home even further, this this mechashef, this dark sorcerer, says Amar Hain, he says, yes, it is possible to make a kishuf, to make a sorcery that would cause someone else to have tzarat. Amrallah, when she said to him, Ulai yivukash mechashef shivatel kishuf what would happen, though, if they would seek out another dark sorcerer, another magician, as it were, to nullify the first sorcery that caused the person to have tzarat, vidra pei, then the person would get better, and they would heal. Amarach mechashef, so this consultant, this person with, with whom she is consulting about the dark arts, he says, akishuf if they were to throw the kishuf, literally the charm, the object, the totem, if they would throw it in the water, lo it could not then be nullified. So now we have a curse, as it were, being cast, and no one knows by whom, and no one knows why, and now the charm itself, or the totem itself, will be hidden under the water. No one will have any access to this information. And because no one knows what's happening or why what's happening is happening, people will continue to try and they will continue to make effort in all the ways that they know and all the tools that they have to try to solve the problem, but really they can't reach, they can't get to the bottom of the issue. So she did it. Astakein, she did this. She threw the charm, this magic device, into the water. And the prince became very Mitsura. He must have been repulsive. Maybe people were avoiding him. It's possible, if this is meant to resonate with the Torah's understanding of Tzarat, that uh, he becomes isolated now. He becomes almost like a pariah. He gets sent out of the community in the way that the Torah would treat a person who had Tzarat. They had to leave. They had to go outside of the camp. And maybe the son of the king and queen, maybe this prince also is sent out and it's so disorienting and he's a disappointment. Um, he's, uh, uh, wasn't made of precious stones and he's the promised child and he wasn't as beautiful as his sister. He doesn't play music and he's not as talented and he's kind of coming along and now he's got Sarat and everyone thinks he's bad. Everyone thinks if he's got Sarat, it must be that he's doing something wrong, that he's speaking Lashon Ara, he's doing something terrible. He's causing it that he has to be isolated from the community. It's more and more hidden as we go. It's terrifying for him that he now because of nothing that he's done on his own, has to be cast out of the community. So he has this tzarat achotamo, tzarat gadol. On his nose, he had great or huge tzarat, valpanav, and on his face, valshar gufo, on the rest of his body. Vasaka melech bedaktorium, and the king gets involved with doctors now. Funny that with the daughter, the doctors came on their own, maybe the king didn't care. Maybe he believed it would pass. But now that the son, now that the precious son is stricken, the king sends for doctors, umachashvim, and he also gets involved with dark artists. He sends for them too. Vodoho ilu. And it didn't work. Vegazar yudim shipalalu. So he goes back to his old faithful. He decrees that the Jews have to pray. One wonders, why didn't he go there first? And maybe he just doesn't believe in them anymore. Maybe he remembers this second tzaddik who was so clear that 
the king and queen would have a son made of precious stones and he spent half of his kingdom to buy these precious stones and they grinded them up and drank them and here is a kid without precious stones why should he go back to the Jews but here the doctors didn't work it was of no benefit the sorcerers and magicians didn't work it was of no benefit so he tries whatever he has at his disposal and he thinks again okay let's see let's see if we can bring the Jews back in and maybe they can fix what got so messed up let me just add that in bringing this story in parallel with the 42 letter name of God the name of journeys the name of movement the name of ascending to another level and bringing something down into the world in terms of that process where are we the journey just seems to have gone completely off course what does this have to do with anything we're trying to bring a child into the world to save the kingdom and now the child is out he's got sarat he's been ostracized he's out of the community out of the community we have a daughter the princess who feels also out of the process we have manipulations of magic we have uh people stumbling about trying to solve problems that they can't possibly solve it feels like the process has gone off track or off the rails like we've lost the thread and we're going to see that it's essential sometimes to lose the thread part of the challenge that's been faced by the king and by extension by the queen is the fact that the king had a simple task as it were he had a simple goal which was to bring a child into the world who could perpetuate the kingdom but it doesn't work that way at the moment when the second sadiq told him to bring all these precious stones we should have known that there's a much different process going on here than what we thought it's much bigger it's much more challenging it involves more powers more power and more powers more elements than we had thought that it involved let alone that it involves the queen but it involves all these precious stones and their powers it involves a whole nother generation and their ability to work this out this is getting bigger and bigger and a part of this process is that bringing something new into the world often requires that we break open in order to make enough space for something new to come into the world and what's standing in the way is old assumptions old limits old truths about what's possible and what's needed and those are often the very things that need to break open in order for something new to come into the world and it's painful it's disorienting it sometimes implies that we're off and we're wrong and we've taken a wrong step and we need to retrace we need to figure out what went wrong and it's very difficult sometimes to believe that in fact we are on track even though it feels so clear and it's so convincing that we are off track and everyone's disoriented so we'll leave it at that we'll take this up next time to see how the situation in fact is moving forward